world remains in mourning after the death of Superman. That means we have to go now. Yeah, that's that's what that means. It's so cool. this. My name is Dave Clements. This is a podcast about geek pop culture, and we like to specialize in movies and comic books. So in this movie, like uh, in this episode, rather, just like the last episode, we're going to be diving into a superhero slash comic book movie and talk about the latest installment of the DC Extended Universe, um, which is Justice League, which just came out not too terribly long ago. Um, although this review is a little bit late, um, before I get too far into the episode, I just want to mention that show notes and any links that I mentioned in this episode can be found at geekthispodcast.com slash 75. All right. All right. Let's get into this. In this latest installment, Zack Snyder brings Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg together to take down the all-powerful Steppenwolf before he can bring an end to human civilization. Now, there are going to be spoilers in this episode, but I have tried to keep them to a minimum, and uh, just bear with me. There's no clear definition because everything kind of merges together. This is a... This is a difficult piece for me to to put together in some ways. So bear with me. Um, I highly encourage you every time we do a movie review to check out the movie before you listen to the episode, because I, I don't want to spoil things for you, but it's bound to happen in a review. OK, so let's talk about the finer details of Justice League. The general consensus of Justice League has been it was better than I expected and uh, it wasn't a great movie, but it wasn't terrible. Um, unfortunately or fortunately, depends on how you want to look at that. I don't have an opinion that differs from those thoughts. Uh, when I was walking out of the theater, those were actually the things that I was thinking as I was trying to process what I had just watched for the last two hours. Um, on a plus side, I did enjoy Justice League much more than Batman versus Superman. So that's a plus, right? Now, if you have avoided all of the trailers and you have avoided, you know, anything, and maybe you have no plans to actually watch the movie, you just want to hear people talk about the movie. Let me explain where this movie begins. Surprise, it begins at the end not the exact end, but it picks up not long after the events of Batman versus Superman. And that is very evident because there are black flags draped over buildings with Superman's logo. Um, there are huge newspaper headlines 
And to be quite honest, it was overkill for those of us that sat through the two and a half hours or longer that Batman versus Superman was. Um, but I guess maybe if you are maybe like my wife who hasn't seen it, who doesn't care to see it sitting through and getting the idea that Superman is gone. Okay. Maybe that's okay. The problem is that with all of these visuals, um, like I said, it's overkill and Zack Snyder is trying to suggest through all these visuals that the world hasn't been the same since Superman died. And even though that's probably true, he doesn't do a very good job of portraying that that's the case. There's no real chaos to be seen. Um, you, the only time you really realize that something is wrong is when Batman encounters a parademon in Gotham City. And so I really feel like Zack Snyder and Chris Torrio, who was um, the other writer, along with, um, from what I understand, a little bit of Joss Whedon. Um, don't, nobody knows really how much he contributed. Um, but as a whole, the writers didn't give us a reason to care that the world is in danger outside of what we see with our villain. And that's going to be the first thing that we talk about. I do want to say that Steppenwolf was one of the biggest problems I had with Justice League. Now, as you know, I am very much into the characters, especially in these movies. They are very character based. And so when there are plot holes, I don't think too much about them. And I don't take these movies so seriously that it ruins my entire experience. For me, it's the characters because that is where you make connections. And if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time and listened to the reviews that I do, you'll know that characters mean everything to me as a movie goer. So let's talk about Steppenwolf. Now, we know through the trailer and through exposition and some flashback scenes in the movie that Steppenwolf has a plan to take over the world. And this is not the first time he's tried to do it. Um, the bad thing is, is he doesn't really have the presence you're looking for in a villain. He's a very stereotypical villain that even Marvel has fallen, you know, through the cracks with, uh, in, in several movies. Now you will hear me talk about, Marvel versus DC here, but it's only because Marvel has basically set the template for what movies like this, where you have multiple standalone films creating this universe. They've set a very good template of how it should be done. And DC has, has not just DC, but Warner brothers, they've gotten it wrong. And that's another episode, and I don't want to go too far into that, um, but it's very evident here, um, and, and I'll get to that. But with Steppenwolf, there's no, there's not really a threat. Like, he's just this big CGI character that was just terrible. He's not believable. He's not anybody that strikes fear into me. He doesn't even look that impressive. Honestly, he is much more impressive in the comics. 
And I hate comparing the movies to the comics. We've gone over this in other episodes, but Steppenwolf isn't anything really to be feared. And I'm going to address something in a little bit with that at, toward the end of the episode. Um, but I really feel that what they should have done is used Steppenwolf as made him more powerful, but also made him um, a pawn in setting up Darkseid to come to the DCEU, much like Marvel is has done with Thanos, um, where even though it was an end credit at the end of Avengers, they they give you a sneak piece that or a sneak peek that Thanos is coming. And here I feel like they could have dropped some little Easter eggs and some nuggets to show that Darkseid is coming and that Steppenwolf is all part of the plan. Uh, because that to me is something that DC Comics is very good at is intertwining all of the, the, the characters and the worlds and the stories that you've been reading. And then they come back and you're like, Oh, that was an Easter egg. And that was an Easter egg. And wow, I should have seen this thing coming. And they didn't do that with Steppenwolf. It was almost like they, they had written everything and they're like, Oh, we don't really have a bad guy. Who can we use? And it's a shame because Steppenwolf is, is he was created by Jack Kirby for the fourth world's, um, series and uh it's it's really cool and that that again is for another episode but just steppenwolf just failed so miserably it's it's just sad and throwing in the 100% CGI character it was just a bad idea and i really feel bad for the guy that voiced him um and i can't remember here his name Kieran something I'm so bad. I didn't, I didn't think to research that, but yeah, Steppenwolf is the biggest glaring problem for me, at least when it comes to justice league. And I just, there's so many things they could have done better. So we're talking about characters, which is always what I want to talk about when we talk about these movies. Um, so let's go ahead and start running through the justice league and that, and I will, this will weave into talking about the, the movie more. And at the end, I will give you my overall review or, or, um, summary, my rating of the pot or the, the movie. So let's go ahead and start off with the guy that puts the team together, Batman. So the idea that Batman needed to put together a team of metahumans seemed a little lost. They didn't really explain why it was so important. It was almost like it had to be done because that's the whole point of the movie. There wasn't a huge threat, like I just said. And I really wondered why, while watching the movie, did Superman's death really have that much of an impact on Bruce um, that, that he felt we have to do, we, you know, I have to put together a team. I have to rid the world of evil. It seemed one corny and two, it wasn't that obvious. Like Batman versus Superman was very melodramatic. Um, if anybody remembers Martha by chance. Yeah, it was just, it was too much, too much. And 
the Batman versus Superman and Justice League don't they don't come together as as well as I think Zack Snyder wanted them to. The MCU they don't mesh. Whereas uh, I feel like they're they're thinking far enough in advance when they're making these movies that very rarely do they have to change any of the canon that has been set up so far. And as far as Batman goes in this movie, I think Ben DeBono from the Sci-Fi Christian said it the best. He has nothing to do in this movie, especially after he assembles the team. Um, and for me, I was like, he's assembled the team and and that's good. And for whatever reason, he decides that he needs to sacrifice himself if it needs to happen. And I was totally not needed. It was almost like he 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 was trying to one up Superman. Does that make sense? But that was about it. He was there to bring in people who were unfamiliar with the rest of the team as far as the audience goes. If you've never watched any of these other movies, you don't know anything about these characters. Batman just serves as the um, that one character that you have to relate to to meet all of the other characters. And I'm sorry, but a billionaire playboy is not that relatable. So Wonder Woman. I know that a lot of people raved about the solo debut of her in the DCEU. And I have to say, I wasn't blown away. Um, it was the best movie so far in the whole franchise. And it did a good job of introducing her and, and setting up her background and her, her lore um, while also showing that women can be strong. And, and it's, it's a feminist movie in a good way. Um, and I thought that was great. The movie overall wasn't a fantastic movie, but the themes were great in it. And I think that's what made it, such a good movie and and one that people want to get excited about. That said, I really do enjoy the character of woman of, of Wonder Woman. Um, for me, looking back at this movie, which I only watched once, but I look back and I think back and I rewatch the trailers. And for me, I feel like she's kind of the glue that holds the the movie's team together. Um, and I'm. I'm really hoping that Gal Gadot returns to the role. I know some people don't care for her. Um, some people don't think she can act. Whatever. I I think that she embodies Wonder Woman pretty well. Um, not just physically, but just the the confidence that she has. Uh, I, I think that's great. And I think she's a good role model for girls. But like Batman... She doesn't have much of a role to play. Um, yeah, that's the biggest problem with this team is that there's not a lot for them to be doing um, except for tagging each other in uh, at the end of the movie. So I enjoyed Wonder Woman. Um, I, I liked seeing her on the big screen again, and uh, it's it's been a great depiction of her. Aquaman is the first character in the film that we don't get to really meet beforehand. 
We've had a movie with Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, so we know those characters. Um, so if you were unfamiliar with any of those characters, at least you have a little bit to go on. And he's the first character in the film that we don't get that. Um, unfortunately, I think that makes it hard for character development. That's yeah, This goes back to what I was saying about how I feel like Warner Brothers is building their franchise backward. You're starting with the roof or this, you know, the ceiling, and then you're building down to the floors. That's the best analogy I have for the way that they're doing things, or they're putting windows in before the walls are up. It's a little discombobulated. Uh, and I have this problem, this, this character development problem with, um, the next couple of heroes that I'm going to talk about, which you probably know who those are already. Um, as far as Jason Momoa goes, um, I've not really seen him in anything else other than Game of Thrones when he was playing Khal Drogo. And I enjoyed that character, um, but I can't unsee that character in my head. So it was kind of a cool thing to throw into his depiction of Aquaman um, because I like the idea that, I mean, he felt like an outcast. He felt like he wasn't part of of anything and didn't want to be part of anything and only wanted to deal with whoever he had to, to get what he needed. Um, the worst part about this character was there was this surfer dude vibe that, that seemed to come out every once in a while. Um, and I guess for me, it felt like there was more than one person writing the character, which there usually is, but there wasn't a consistent voice with him. I mean, sometimes he was funny. Sometimes he was a jerk. Sometimes, I mean, it wasn't very balanced. Um, I am though pretty excited to see James Wan direct the Aquaman solo film. Um, I, I'm excited to see more of that character and see uh, what they have planned for him. That that was very very cool to see him finally on the screen, even if he wasn't the the blonde haired, um, you know, green spandexy wearing guy that talked to fish. OK, there's the there's a fish joke. All right. Next up is the Flash. It is very, very, very obvious that he was written into the movie to be the comic relief, which I have no problem with. Uh, it, it was it was fun. He is definitely kind of a standout character uh, because that's what the comic relief is. They're usually the character that you're like, oh, yeah, remember that guy? The problem was that a lot of his lines, a lot of the, the funnier lines were all dropped into the different trailers. So when that moment comes in the movie, it's not as funny. You saw it coming because you've watched almost that entire scene. Just to note, when I was going back to um, grab the audio at the beginning of this episode, all of the trailers were like three minutes or longer. Yeah. So imagine how much of that time you're, you're getting flash quips. <sighs> it was, it was kind of a bummer. Um, but I think part of that though is there's character development issues. We're not, we don't know anything about him other than the brief little bit that you learn from, from Bruce and that you learn from Barry. It's, it sucks. 
he doesn't suck as a character. I, I actually enjoyed Ezra Miller in this role. Um, and I, I thought it was an interesting take on who Barry Allen could be, considering we already have a Flash TV show. We we kind of see that side. But this guy was a little more cocky, a little more um, a little more goose, goofy. And I like the, the idea that um, he has ADD or ADHD, um, you know, can't focus. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but. As a character, I really think that he could have probably been developed more, but they should have waited on a Justice League movie. <sighs> Man, I am trash in this movie. Am I right? Uh, let's go ahead and go ahead and, uh, yeah, I'm repeating myself here. Let's talk about Cyborg. Now, Cyborg is my least favorite member of the Justice League in this movie. I'm not a huge fan of him in the comics, um, but... This version of him is really not great. It's pretty easy to understand him within the first couple of minutes of meeting him. He's not happy that he's like 95% robot. Um, he's upset because of what happened to him. He's got family issues, but he has no personality. He is like literally... And figuratively, a robot. There's nothing. There's nothing interesting about his character. I mean, they they could have. I would have rather they put C-3PO in there. Uh, or or better yet, they should have used Carrie Payton's um, cyborg. Um, Carrie Payton is the voice actor behind um, Cyborg in Teen Titans Go, which is a fantastic cartoon. If you want to watch a cartoon. So, yeah, like I was just disappointed. A lot of people liked Cyborg and I didn't like him um, just as a character. There wasn't there wasn't anything to attach to. Like it didn't matter if anything happened to him in that end scene. Uh, and really, that's that's a lot of what we get with the entire Justice League is everybody almost feels disposable. And you don't get that in the comic books. You get that each member has a reason to be there. Um, also, Batman can defeat them all. We all, we all know that. But Cyborg, just out of all of them, he was my least favorite because I didn't... There was no connection. Um, he was a robot, and not even a good robot. Again, R2-D2 could have taken his place. It's just That's just how I felt. Now, this is probably the biggest spoiler, um, but I, I've got to ask, did you really not see this coming? Um, let's talk about Superman. As I mentioned, I only watched this one time by myself, so I, I don't really know if I'm being objective when it comes to Superman being included in the movie. Um, I don't know if anybody knew he wasn't coming back. I, I didn't, I don't know if people would be surprised in the theater I was sitting in. It seemed like the majority of people already expected that. Although no, I take it back. There was one, one girl that was really surprised that, that they brought him back. Um, but surprise. Yeah. I mean, it, it, not trying to be funny here, but red flag, I mean, black flags all over the city and, and, and things like that. It was very obvious from the beginning, that opening line or the opening scene 
you know he's coming back. You don't emphasize that if he's not coming back. Also, I've not really ever been a fan of Superman. That's one reason why the only episodes that we've ever really talked about Superman have been our Man of Steel review from years ago and Batman versus Superman. I've never really been a fan of Superman and this movie didn't help at all and didn't do anything to make me more of a fan or make me think, man, there should be more Superman movies. He's a very important character. It did the opposite for me. It made me feel like even this team of, of superheroes that Bruce Wayne, who has billions of dollars, can do tons of research even he could be defeated. He and his team could be defeated unless they have this perfect warrior that is Superman. And I just, ugh. I want to like Superman. I really do. But they gave me nothing in this film. And before you start hate mailing me and, and, and leaving nasty comments because I don't like Superman. I want you to help me like Superman. There's only been one time that I've liked Superman and that was in comics when I was reading um, Grant Morrison's all-star Superman. That was it. It was the only time I enjoyed Superman as a character. This movie, like I said, did not help anything. The biggest question about Superman was what the heck were they doing bringing him back and making him this villain character? It felt like a, a way to shoehorn Lois into the movie a little bit more. I don't like Lois either. It was so confusing. Um, Matt Anderson, who also hosts the Sci-Fi Christian, he made this really good point in his um, synopsis um, of the movie that it seems like they wanted to do more with the idea of Superman being a villain. And for whatever reason, they changed it because really he is only a villain for probably five minutes, if that, in this entire movie until Lois comes along and, and kind of pulls a, well for lack of a better correlation, a Hulk black widow thing, you know, the sun's going down big guy, you know, like that was something that bothered me so much because I think it would have been great for us to see Superman as a villain and be able to see the cleverness that Batman has, um, to take him down, not kill him, but take him down in a real Batman versus Superman scenario where Superman's misunderstood. It would have been so much better to see something like that. And, and, and this helps also build a camaraderie between Batman and the rest of the league, because in comics, Batman is kind of the outcast, even though he's a leader, you know, he's part of the Trinity and, there should have been more done with Superman as this bad Superman. And um, Matt suggests that, you know, this seems like maybe that's what they were going to do for this first 
movie, but they changed it so that they could do something else with Justice League 2. Who knows? Um, but yeah. So let's let me wrap up what I thought about the movie and you can probably tell um, maybe all in all, I didn't find Justice League to be terrible. It was just forgettable. Um, I had to go back and think a lot and read more reviews and and remind myself, OK, this happened, this happened. This is what these people were like. Um, I just felt that Warner Brothers and, and Zack Snyder, they rushed the development of the characters and threw away too much. Um, and not just threw away too much, but they threw too much at the wall like pasta and saw what stick, what, what would stick. And there's not much that did. Like I said, the movie's forgettable and I wanted more from it. I went in with low expectations, um, almost no expectations. I wanted to just experience it for what it was and try not to give too much thought to what was going on. And it just, it let me down as a whole. And I hope that they're learning something because even though I did bring up Marvel a lot, uh, like I said, I feel like they, they've developed this template of let's think forward a few years and see what we want to do with our properties and, and you know, the, the franchise as a whole. I feel like Marvel's doing it right. And sure, there have been some missteps every once in a while, but they're correcting them as they go. And DC's not doing that. And I really do want to see DC and Warner Brothers succeed in this business, in the superhero film business, outside of Batman movies. The Batman movies have been the most successful thing. We did a whole Batman on film series because there are plenty of Batman movies out there. And that was a big reason why I feel like they put Batman into this movie because they knew that Batman would draw a crowd. He's the only character that a lot of people probably knew more about instead of just a brief, well, I know the Flash runs fast and Cyborg looks like a robot. But I don't know anything about the guy that talks to fish and I didn't watch Wonder Woman because, well... I just didn't watch Wonder Woman. I want DC to succeed. I really do. Um, and I hope that they are, they're learning something from, from watching their competitor. Um, and I'm hoping what they learn is that they can't create something great out of nothing. And that goes back to the character development. Um, and it's just, it's the way that it is. Um, unfortunately I have very little hope for the future of the DCEU franchise. And I find that incredibly sad as not only a comic book fan, but a film fan and a superhero film fan. Um, but at the end of the day, justice league gets a two and a half out of five for me because I probably never watch it again. Unfortunately. So that is going to wrap up this episode. Let me know what you thought of Justice League and what your favorite parts were. If you had any, you can also tell me what your least favorite parts were. Let me know what you thought of the movie. Um, if you would like to do that, you can go to, I'll just remind you, 
geekthispodcast.com slash 75. Um, and you can leave your comments there. You can also check us out on facebook.com slash geekthispodcast. And I do have um, a couple of comments from our fine listeners. You're probably, you could be one of them. Um, so let's see what our Facebook friends thought of Justice League. Okay, so from our Facebook page, Andrew Hall simply gave it a 6 out of 10. He didn't give a reason why, um, but that actually averages out to about a 3 out of 5. So um, not too different from my own um, score. Um, Cassius Coleman says, I give it a 7.5. Why? Because the characterization of the Flash and Aquaman were not what they should have been. It had some cool moments and a few good laughs, but didn't come off as a fully realized movie. Things would have been better had there been the individual standalone movies for each character. Very much echoing what I said, um, but he gave it a much better score. So I'm, I'm interested to hear a little bit more about that. Zach Belt gave Justice League a 6.5 and said it was definitely one of the better DC movies, but it still left a lot to be desired. I did not feel like anything was on the line in this movie, like the bad guy wasn't scary and he didn't seem very threatening. Batman was kind of a loser. The first half of the movie was a jumbled mess of random scenes. He also added, I thought they did a great job with Cyborg. I've always loved the Wonder Woman character. She's fantastic. But I didn't like the Flash or his costume and especially not his run. Aquaman was okay, but they made him a bit of a tool. I assume what Zack means by... Um, the Flash's run is just the visual aesthetics that they uh, that they gave to him. And I, I was perfectly fine with it. It was different than what we get in the TV show a little bit. Um, so, yeah. Uh, if you would like to have your comments read on the podcast, um, yeah, go to any of those places, geekthispodcast.com slash 75 for this episode, and you can read through the show notes. Or you can check us out on social media everywhere um, is Geek This Podcast, Facebook, Twitter. I think that's about it. Also, you can hit me up on Twitter at Mr. Dave Clements. That is going to do it for this episode of Geek This. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you could leave a review on whichever platform you are listening to the podcast, that would be fantastic. It encourages me to keep making episodes and it lets me know what you like and dislike so I can make things better. The next episode is a mystery. I have not decided yet what we're talking about, what I'm talking about, um, but I'm sure you'll enjoy it. So stick around and uh, I will talk to you all in the next episode. It's almost the end of the year, y'all. All right. Oh, hey, you decided to stay till the end of the podcast. Way to go. You're awesome. And because you're awesome, I want to do a little giveaway here. Now, the only way you can be entered is if you complete the Geek This listener survey for 2017. This may or may not be something that I do every year. 
but it's a good way to give me some feedback if you haven't done so uh, at all since the podcast came back uh, earlier this year. And uh, it's not too long, but it's more personal. It lets me get to know you. The be- the only way that you're actually going to be entered is if you complete the survey 100% and you leave your name and your email address. Uh, that's so I can get in touch with you if you won. And I will announce the winner on the very first episode of 2018, which will be, uh, I do believe, that, that first, obviously, that first week in January. So, yeah, if you want to do that because you're like, hey, I like free stuff. Go to geekthispodcast.com slash survey 17. And um, that is the number 17, by the way. And once you complete that survey, uh, you'll be entered. And I'm not going to announce quite yet what the prize is. Um, I have one thing planned, but I might add something else. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, So do that. And um, go ahead, go listen to the next podcast. I will, I'll be sitting down to write the next episode of Geek This. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening.